Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of KitPod. So to introduce our team again today, I'm Alex of WonderKits on Twitter and Instagram. And today I'm wearing a Barca 96-97 away shirt. When you think of it, you'll think of Ronaldo. So it's turquoise with different geometric patterns, little flashes of red and blue. It's been recreated in a way for a pre-match shirt this season. A real classic kappa. What are you wearing, Rob? Well, I'm wearing a remake today, actually, of an Inter Milan shirt. So it's made by Galazzo, and I've got a couple of their shirts now. And it's an Inter away shirt from 1984-85 with um, a number 11 in nice print on the back, worn by Karl-Heinz Rummenegger. It's a really great shirt with a classic 80s sponsor for Inter. It's got a really nice blue and black stripe detail down the sleeve and a really big, heavy blue and black collar. If you haven't seen these shirts before, they're brilliant. They are a little bit pricey, but when these ones retail for about five or £600 each, it's quite a good replica version of them. You, Adrian, you're not wearing Roma this week. I'm not. Um, I'm also not about to announce my own personal sponsorship of the pod like I think Rob just did there. This week I'm wearing a Carpi shirt from 2015, which is their one and only season in Syria. I'm wearing it to recognise today's guest, who's a big West Ham fan. I've got a link on link to the shirt. So it's a Marco Barolio shirt from that season. He played for Roma and West Ham. Roma got a lovely £700,000 loan fee for his two substitute appearances at West Ham. And to complete the set of Serie A classics, Tom, what are you wearing? So today I'm wearing the 91-92 Sampdoria away shirt. Um, I won't describe it. I'm sure you can all picture it. But it does have the, the European Cup final embroidery because it's the shirt that they wore against Barcelona in their only European Cup final, which unfortunately they lost. And with our shirts done, it's on to the news. So a bit of a slow news this week, but still a few interesting things from the world of kits. First of all, Italy look like they're going from one German giant to another. Bohemians are making a few bob for charity with a new musical-themed away shirt. Controversy over a famous template shirt. And finally, Rob gets his long-awaited Ajax shirt book. So over to you, Tom. Looks like that partnership between Puma and Italy is coming to an end. Yeah, Italy are doing a brother swap, as uh, Phil Harrison told us the other week. They're going from Puma, who have supplied their kits since 2004, and they're going to be joining the Adidas stable after the next World Cup. So 2023, I think that deal will be valid from. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Will we see Italy for the first time with the free stripes, maybe even a trifoil? Adidas did supply Italy before in the 70s. I think it was 74 to 78. But in those days, there was no brand logo or colours allowed on the, the Azzurri blue shirt. So it could be a first. And looking back on Puma, there's obviously a couple of real classics come out from there. Any favourites from that period? I think, you know, it's been such a successful last couple of years for Italy, winning the Euros, obviously. And then, you know, they had that green Renaissance kit, which uh, Eminem Direct gladly supplied everyone with this week. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a period looked back on fondly, I think, by Italy fans and kit collectors too. I think those Renaissance shirts were the absolute peak for Puma and winning a trophy as we, I think we discussed previously, obviously it's going to make that shirt go down in, in history even more. Perhaps a bit controversial. I pretty much found every Puma shirt up to that stage for Italy very interchangeable. I thought other than some badge detail and stuff like that, I do think they were 
quite samey. Please don't shoot me. Yeah, I, I probably agree. Actually, especially sort of what two thousand and like fifteen to like now, when the kind of were just slightly different shades of blue. They might have had a different, slightly different shade of blue V on the collar or the cuffs or whatever. I'm quite interested to see what Adidas are going to do with this actually, because there's been quite a bit of criticism about Adidas's club shirt templates. But I think quite a lot of the international templates have been quite good and people have liked them when they've kind of gone sort of off the track a little bit. It'd be interesting to see if Italy get their own take on one of the core Adidas templates or if they get something completely individual. It'd be quite interesting, actually, especially because you're now supplying a Euros winner and maybe a World Cup winner, maybe. And from Italy on to Ireland, this week, Bohemians have released a Bob Marley-themed 2022 away shirt. So this celebrates the last outdoor gig that Bob Marley ever did in 1980, which was at Daily Mount Park, where Bohemians play. So they tried to do this in 2018, but there were issues with the, the family and the trust about getting permissions. And so finally, they've agreed a deal thanks to the fact that Bohemians were making a, a donation to, to charity from each shirt. Some really nice details. There's a big picture of Bob Marley on the front. There's a a red, yellow and green trim. And there's also a nice detail that there's a recreation of the ticket from that gig is is part of the label on the the shirt at the front. So any impressions on these guys? You like it? I think with some of these themed shirts, they go one of two ways, don't they? They stick quite closely to what we would expect from a football shirt. Or you just go totally out there with a huge design on it. We even talked about it a little bit in our novelty shirts, didn't we? Um, when we were talking about having these sort of crazy designs on to sort of raise awareness and stuff like that. And I think, do you know what? If you're going to go all out for it, I might not buy it, but I can definitely get behind something doing totally different rather than just sort of subtly trying to put influencers on there. Ajax third shirt, Bob Marley. I really, really like this shirt. And you touched on it just then. I think that the way they do the trim on the collar and the cuffs is really smart. I think it's nicely done. It's really similar to the 18 shirt that they had to pull in the end. I think it's only the image of Marley that's really changed visually from the front of the shirt. But I think it's really, really smart. I like it. I even considered putting my name down on the pre-order, which is open at the moment. I like it that much. You know, I think it is unique. And I think, I guess a question in a minute for everybody is, which is the better shirt, the Ajax or the Bohemians? Now? Just to play devil's advocate with it, do you think that this one is more acceptable and agreeable because we don't have like a familiarity with Bohemian's shirts. You know, they're not breaking a, a mould that we're instantly aware of. Do you think that's perhaps why people are much more keen on this one than maybe some of the other novelty shirts? I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's a lot to do with brand recognition, isn't it? Football shirts a lot of the time. And I think if a big club does something as sort of out there as this, they almost put themselves too far out there for criticism. You know, that shirt, I can't believe Milan have done this. I can't believe Inter have done this. And obviously that's why, apart from being a dodgy template, why the Puma stuff's been so badly received because it's so many big clubs. Whereas, you know, not mean to be disrespectful to Bohemians, but on the, the, the European big club scale, they're not right up there. So you can probably get away with something like this. Whereas I think if Ajax did this with a huge uh, picture of Bob Marley on the front, I think they'd probably get a little bit more criticism, to be honest. I'm surprised there's not been more of a kind of tie-up between, you know, you think of music and football so culturally interlinked. And there have been a few sponsors. So you think Super Furry Animals, Ed Sheeran, people like that have have sponsored shirts. But there's not really been that tie-up when there are clubs and nations that have such a big association. You think like Man City Oasis, think of the Beatles and Liverpool, that when you're thinking about inspiration for a kind of out there design, I would have thought that more would be made of those links together. But it's not something that you commonly see. Wasn't there a Coventry Scar shirt recently in the last three or four years that went absolutely yeah, massive? 
That's probably anyone I can think of that ticks the box similarly. I do actually think a Chris Rea Middlesbrough shirt thinking about that would be quite a good one, wouldn't it? You could do a little Christmas tie-in as well. Brentford did an um, Corrupt FM shirt, but it was only ever worn in a warm-up, which is a shame, but that would have been a good one, I think, if they'd used it as a third kit. Did it get covered in peanut dust? Yeah. yeah. Back to your question, Adrian. I prefer the Ajax one, and I think it's partly because I just think it's a... It's a little bit subtler than this one, and I think it, it, it'll look better as a football shirt in the long term rather than being in the novelty pile, I think. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, I'd agree with Rob. I think, I think that I prefer the, the Ajax one. Just It's a little bit more subtle. But saying that, the, yeah, the Behemoth's one is really good too, I think. I think the link is a lot more tenuous, isn't it, with Ajax, but the execution of it is, is really good, really solid design, well executed. I'm going to stand on my own here then and say I'm definitely going with Bohemians here. Keep it balanced. So from one controversial issue to another, Adrian, there's been a a lot of controversy and debate over a famous template over the last couple of days. There has indeed. And uh, I noticed I got the short straw to discuss this. So thank you very much. As most people will know, I'm an expert at Adidas 1988 templates. So I'm the obvious man to talk about it. I think most people will have seen it or been aware of it, but uh, this is around the Holland 88 templates and their, their shirts from 88. The, the orange 88 shirts, obviously very, very famous. They won a trophy in it and, and it probably goes down as one of the biggest grail shirts out there. If you're going to link a top, do a top 10 ranking shirts, it's definitely in there. What less people know about is the potential away in the shirts and there's different stories here depending on, on what strand of the legend you believe. But there's a there's a blue version of that template of the Ipswich template, uh, sky blue version. And for many years people have believed that that was the either the Holland third shirt from eighty eight, the Holland away shirt from eighty eight, or indeed a prototype that was presented to Holland and the FA turned it down and said that they didn't want to use it. But the legend has grown over the last 20, 30 years, very much so over the last four or five years as shirt collecting has picked up and got more more popular. People obviously joining collecting late potentially see it as fact rather than as a discussion point. So, you know, it, 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 it sort of grows as cementing its own legend and, and the fact that it's real. There's been some news the last week or so where a couple of experts, and I would class them as experts because some of the top, top retailers across Europe, and we're talking you know, there's a tweet back in 2018 from the biggest shirt retailer in the world and also one of Europe's biggest experts at the moment have come out and said the shirt isn't real. It was a template that's had everything added to it. There's some Dutch journalists that have also come out, but some Dutch journalists and shirt collectors that have looked into it. And again, they're of the mind that obviously it's an Ipswich template, it's a genuine template, but the actual stories of it being a third shirt or an away shirt or rejected by the FA are unfortunately looking more and more unlikely. I think the story here really is just if you are going to spend some money on a shirt and these shirts have not exchanged hands lightly, if you're talking hundreds and hundreds, if not three figures, um, if not three figures, if not four figures for one of these shirts, <laughs> hundreds is three figures, you know, you really need to know what you're buying. If you're going to equate it to, to, to the modern world, it's almost like your NFTs and your cryptocurrency. I think some people have invested heavily in football shirts over the last few years and potentially don't always know what they're buying. It's such an interesting one as well, isn't it? Because I know that I've bought quite a few template shirts in the past from eBay, and I've got a couple. I've got one that's the Adidas template that's the same as the France one from 1992, the one that Military Medals as Museum of Jerseys call it, and that's just got like a random amateur team name on the front and like a number on the back, but it's the same template. I've had Hummel templates that were used in the 80s with Real Madrid, where it's got 
massive Hummel letters on the on the shirt, and that's just like a, it was a I think it was a random like Swiss sports club amateur team, and I think people don't realise like that period in the eighties. When you know when you had a Sunday League team, you literally did wear a Holland '88 shirt with your like Sunday League badge slapped on it because you could buy them for you know probably probably a fiver each or a tenner or something, and it was really rampant, wasn't it? But now, obviously, national teams sometimes have three shirts, don't they? Like that didn't ha- really happen in the '80s. So I think, like you said, that era especially, people have to be really really careful at what they're picking up because there isn't as much YouTube footage of it. Getty Images doesn't have loads of proof that these shirts existed. You do kind of have to trust the people who've been around shirts for a lot longer than sort of newer collectors have maybe, and they've seen these shirts sort of come around before. It does beg the question, though, about, you know, before you are making these big purchases, do reach out to some people online because people like Damien at um, RB Jersey, he's great for just, I had a Marseille shirt that I bought, and I just sent him some pictures and I said, look, I'm really worried spending a bit of money on this. Can you just let me know? Yeah, it's all legit. Oh, brilliant, thanks. And you move on. And that, that that's what I think out of all this, we'd probably say, wouldn't we? Reach out to to those people who know what they're talking about, basically. Yeah, I think this is a generally a really good point. But I think in, in these cases, you know, so even some of the expert or people that you refer to, the sort of, you know, diverging opinions on, on whether it's real or not. So I think we probably all really feel for, there's a couple of collectors who pointed out that they'd spent this not inconsiderable amount of money on this shirt. And then you get this tweet storm on a Saturday and it appears that it's completely fake. I mean, that's the worst nightmare, isn't it? Really, of a collector is investing in a really nice shirt and then finding out it's not the real deal. And it goes back to something we talked about a couple of 101s ago when we talked about the printing and the idea of people sort of adding new printing and things like that. And actually these templates where they're not embroidered designs or they're not the kind of flock, it is quite easy to take one of those templates, add a bit of printing and make a 700 quid shirt and, mm. and so on. And it, again, when people are doing this and making up these templates into a real shirt, even if you do it with the genuine intention of keeping it for yourself and, and not passing off as a fake, if it goes into somebody else's hands, it becomes something different. And just to come back, Adrian, obviously we, we asked you to do this because you rem- might remember you proved yourself as the expert with this template in, in a previous quiz. So uh, I'm happy to take your opinion on, is it real or is it not real? I mean, the evidence as it's been presented to me, I'm leaning very, very firmly against it not being real, unfortunately. And and my heart does go out to those that have spent that money on it and been, been potentially duped. Yeah, you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. It is very easy to produce these templates. There was a lad um, a few years ago who got into a lot of trouble for doing that. Some Ajax shirts and producing templates and selling them off as the original thing. And we've seen from some genuine collectors that edit their shirts are used to term editing we've seen how easy it is to do some people you know on twitter do do show how they've done this to certain shirts it's one of those things where if you've got a shirt like you say alex that you're going to keep and like adrian you say that you're going to edit to sort of make into a certain shirt you've really got to keep it for yourself or if you do move it on just let people know i know in you know amongst borough kit collectors we've we've in the past tried to like spec up our shirts that are replicas so we put the patches on you get the right original name set on and they look brilliant and they look so good but you've really got to be i know when people listen when people will say this is mocked up as a match issue and you get questions is this a match issue no it's mocked up as a match issue because you want to hang it on your wall or you want to frame it and we all love to do stuff like that with um collectors even like the shirt that i'm wearing 
today, like I said in the introduction, it's a it's a remake of an original shirt. They've tried to get it as close as possible, but I'm never going to sell this off as, a, as an original shirt because it isn't. You've just got to be really careful when we do it, I suppose. Now, this has happened before, hasn't it, with three-figure shirts and they're really highly sought after. Do you remember that Nintendo Fiorentina shirt a couple yeah, of years yeah. ago, the white one with Super Mario on the front? That was one of the shirts that everyone wanted. Mm-hmm. And then almost overnight, we'll come, kind of remember logging onto Twitter and it had been disproved by a, a collector that this had never existed as a shirt. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, we had some of those big retailers coming out and confirming this. It was just kind of like a DIY print job. People realised they could make a fortune off of what was an away Fiorentina shirt by slapping this print of Mario on it. And yeah, it, got, it was confirmed that it was never used, never sold, never worn. So it's happened before. Just shows you what a minefield it still is, really, isn't it? It's one of the kind of main perils of being a collector is all the effort you have to go through to to validate the, these shirts. And there's always kind of a, a fake hanging around the corner. Mm. Luckily, some of them are, are absolutely terrible. I mean, obviously, I collect the Dortmund 90 shirts and they're, you know, it's, it's they think they've got the T-boy in to, to do them. The details are all wrong, but some of the others are, are excellent. And obviously, like these template ones, how could you tell a, a fake from a real so from some controversial Netherlands-based news to something a bit more positive, at least for you, Rob, there's going to be an Ajax shirt book coming out. Yeah, that's right. It's, um, it's a two A4 sided book with a home shirt on the front and the away shirt on the back. Um, just got that joke in straight away before anyone else makes it. But yeah, uh, at the moment, there's quite a lot of really, really cool like coffee table type shirt books coming out. I've seen Leeds have had one, Arsenal have had one, Tottenham have had one. Man City match one shirts has just brought one out as well. It's probably loads of other teams that I haven't mentioned in that. So please do feel free to share ones that you've got. Still waiting on that Borough book, but hopefully that's coming soon. Um, but this is kind of a big, nice coffee table book that I think goes through the history of Ajax's shirts. It'll have obviously match details within there, the players that have worn them, um, all the different match specs that they've had. Now, Ajax obviously are well known for their very, very traditional approach to their home shirt with some subtle differences as they've gone on. Often it was just a change of manufacturer or logo. But for me, the thing that's going to really stand out in this book is going to be the plethora of away shirts that Ajax have had from sort of the early 80s onwards, where you've got lots of different variations, lots of different players with colour. Think of the Ajax 88, 89, sort of that era, the Umbro shirt. Then you've got the 91, 92, the green shirt with the yellow Ajax writing on. Then you've got the one with the lace collar that was similar to what United had on their home shirt. So you've got a whole load of shirts that for a club that has very, very similar home shirts, I think the away shirts will be great. But for me, these coffee table books are probably ones that I would buy from like other clubs as well, just to see the interesting details and information and all the different specs that these teams have had. It's something that I'm definitely going to try and buy. Um, I think at the minute it's only going to be Dutch. Uh, there isn't going to be an English translation. I think it's quite similar um, to other books. I think there's a Bayern Munich one and a Dortmund one, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but I think they're out and they're in German, but you know we all want to see the shirts mainly anyway, so that'll be great. I think there's going to be some early previews in February, and then from what I'd seen before, it's March, that it's probably going to be on wider release, so it's definitely something that I'm going to be looking to buy, and I'll share it and share some pictures and stuff like that when I've got it. Thought I'd get in there before Adrian. Is it a book or a pamphlet, Rob? Tom, I've already made that joke. It's a two-sided <laughs> four-sheet of paper. Come on. I'm going to start wearing a different Ajax home shirt, but all the way through the pod and just change it in between all the segments and see if anyone notices. We won't. I think it's an Ajax collector, uh, which obviously I'm, I'm not. 
I think it's a must-buy purchase, really. I mean, if, they, if it was a Roma one, or yeah, I'd be out there and buying it the day it came out. And it goes on pre-sale, is it, next week, Rob? I think so, yeah. I think February the 1st is what I saw it, and then a wider release, I think, in March. So, yeah, definitely one to look out for. Like you say, Rob, make jokes about the home shirts, but the away shirts, a bunch of absolute classics. Is that uh, Umbro late 90s? Well, a couple, aren't they? The green and then the red, white and blue. Yeah. Obviously, IX95 is one of the iconic shirts. Even coming more recently, you've got the Champions League 2017-18 was fantastic. That black with the gold. Bob Marley, the one last year, the grey as well. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely really varied away section. And like you're saying, there's some really, really nice books you can pick up there. There's some of the classics like the True Colours, which covers mainly UK shirts from the 80s to kind of current date. But there are some really good specific club ones. You alluded to the, the Dortmund one. Unfortunately, the author passed away, but it's a, a fantastic book with a history. And the level of detail they've got for each of the shirts, you know, the origin of the sponsor, particular controversies and things like that. And no doubt this Ajax book will be the same. I'm going to give a shout out. There's a Trico's book, Steve Penowitz. You can find him on, on Twitter under Trico book. And that's an excellent history of, of German Bundesliga shirts. I really recommend that. It's in German, but you can get the Google Translate app and do augmented reality translating. And even if the text is in German, then the pictures are still, you know, you can still look at them. Are there any of these books either of you would recommend? So there, there is a Roma version. It's not so much a copy book. Yeah, the style of this Ajax book is, is it's visually stimulating and it's there to flick through a, a picture book, I think, more than anything else. There's a there's a Roma version that I've got, and anybody who Roma shirts, I would suggest they get. It's Italian language only, but it's very detailed about you know how is the shirt genuine, how is it not genuine. It's really useful with like the goalkeeper templates throughout the 90s and late 80s where you know they, they didn't didn't match the shirt manufacturer and things like that. So Anybody's spending a lot of money on a Roma shirt, it's well worth spending your 16, 17 quid off eBay to get La Maglia Che Le Unisci. I think stuff like that, Adrian's great, isn't it? Because you can really look back, especially in those 80s and 90s, when especially goalkeeper shirts, it was a bit of a crapshoot, wasn't it? What the keeper was going to be wearing. But if you've got any, I think if you've got any books, any uh, kit books, send us some recommendations as well, and maybe we could have a look at them on the pod or we can share them. I think there's a Sampdoria one that I saw recently as well, maybe, but yeah, there is a Samp one. It's uh it's where I got information on this shirt I'm I'm wearing today that I mentioned. Um but also I'd say to people if you're looking for you know hints and tips on and something to read, get the Kip Mag uh, download. Get that get that on your phone, iPads, PC, wherever you want it. I mean full of expert opinion in there. Absolutely seamless and shameless Tom. That's what we're here for. <laughs> And just coming on to a, a final bit of news, we've obviously seen the influx of uh, an unwelcome influx of crypto sponsors over the last few months or so. We've had John Terry getting fined and issues around his support for these ape NFTs. And now this morning or this week, a sponsor of several European clubs has, has gone down the toilet. So again, showing that not just for the consumer, but also for the, the companies kind of involved in them, there's a real risk in getting to this kind of new unregulated market. So with the news wrapped up, it's on to our main feature. Okay, so on to the main feature now, and it's a real pleasure to introduce our guest, Mick Clifford. So you can follow him at ICWHS on Twitter. 
Mick has a fantastic collection of West Ham match-worn shirts, and he wrote a piece for issue one of Kit Mag, which you can still find as a digital copy, called Bobby Moore Match-Worn Masterpiece. So, hello and welcome, Mick. And cheers, guys. Thanks very much. So you've got this fantastic collection, 400 or so match-worn shirts, is it, of West Ham? It's actually 603. Christ. Oh, it's terrible, really. I should get out more. <laughs> Go out less, get more match ones, Mick. That's what I think. No, I know, I know, but it sounds quite sad, really, when you've got 603 shirts, I suppose. No, no. I'm a little bit um, older than you guys, actually, so I've been doing it for a while. So how, how did you I get started? My... What, what, what first made you want to collect these match-worn shirts? Funny story. I met, we queued up to get uh, some autographs at Upton Park. Me and my dad, I'm going back to when I was seven years old. So that would have been 1973. And I queued up and I got Jeff Hurst's autograph and I was just about to ask Bobby Moore for his autograph. And I asked him for a shirt instead. I said, can I have one of your shirts? And he said he didn't have any. And I ended up with just an autograph. But it always been shirt crazy, I think. Actually, I was more interested in the shirts than the team, which is uh, strange. I actually support the club just because of the colours, claret and blue. And I suppose it started from there. I was on a Bobby Moore shirt quest as a seven-year-old kid. It took me about um, 35 more years to get one, but in the end, I got one. So how, how did you manage to get your hands on one eventually then? I had a David Beckham... Match worn England shirt from 2002 versus Sweden, and he'd swapped that shirt with Nicholas Alexanderson. I was actually at a training camp, I'd asked all the players who swapped with who, and I asked if I could have a shirt. And Nicholas Alexanderson he said, Yeah, sure, I could have it. And strangely enough, he took my address and he sent it to me about three months after. And I was online and I received an email. From, was a Manchester United fan and he asked me if it was for sale and I just said well it's not actually and we carried on the emailing after about uh, two years he sent me a picture of a Bobby Moore shirt with uh, Providence and explained how we got it and so we done the deal I swapped him the David Beckham World Cup shirt and I got the Bobby Moore shirt I would say you got the better end of that deal actually Mick but I mean I guess you feel that way too yeah it's just like if the two shirts were on the table, you could choose one. I mean, I would have chosen the Bobby Moore shirt a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah. So if you ask the other guy, he'll say actually he got the better deal out of it because he was a Manchester United fan and I had a Providence on the Beckham shirt and there's not a lot of World Cup England shirts with a Providence from David Beckham out there. So I mean, we're talking like high-end dealing, that, isn't it? You've got yeah, a match yeah, Beckham yeah. shirt and a match Bobby Moore. I mean, wow. Yeah, <laughs> no no yeah. one's a loser in that. No, no, I suppose not. And so I had to fly over to England. He would only do the deal in his house. I didn't mind, so I had to fly all the way over to Manchester. I do have um, a story about flying around the world for match shirts. I interviewed Francois van der Elst, who's who played for Anderlecht and West Ham amongst others, in the 70s and 80s. And I asked him if he had a Cup Winners Cup shirt from 1976 because I knew he'd swapped the West Ham player because I found a picture online of him holding a West Ham shirt going off the pitch. And he said he did. I asked him 
if there was any chance of if I could buy it from him. And <clears throat> he sort of joked, if you come over to my place in uh, Brussels, I will give it to you. So I took that as a, not intended, as a pun. And yeah, so the day yeah. after I flew to Brussels, I took a taxi to his um, snooker hall. It opened at 12. I was outside about 11.30. I banged on the door. And Francois Candler, he actually uh, came and he opened the door and he just said, uh, who are you? So I told him, <laughs> I'm the guy who called yesterday about the West Hampshire. And I, he looked so, he said, I was only joking. And I went... <laughs> Well, I'm here now. He took me in. He gave me a few drinks. We went to his house. His wife came home. She made some food. And he went upstairs and he came down with three bean liners of old shirts. And he just emptied them onto the living room floor. And I was just in awe of the He, he had a Diego Maradona Argentina shirt. Wow. And I said, is it okay if I try that on? And he yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. I was trying all these shirts. He had a Johnny Rep Holland shirt. He had uh, Lothar Matthias German shirt. I was just trying all these shirts on. And it was wow. just unbelievable. And he just had them all squashed up, squeezed into black bin liners in the attic. <laughs> and I, it, it was amazing. I was thinking, if you knew how much I'd just take these home and clean them and cherish them. In the end... We found the West Ham shirt. It was a number eight. It was worn by uh, Graham Padden, who's sadly dead. Actually, Francois van der Lerf is sadly dead now. And I slept on his sofa. He gave me the shirt and he drove me back to the airport in the morning. How, how about that for a shirt story? That's an unbelievable story. It's like uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory getting into his house with all those shirts. I mean, take your pick. Wow, unbelievable. Honestly, I was like a little seven-year-old kid when I woke up and he was just emptying these bin liners full of shirts and there was England shirts in there. There was Scotland shirts and then he had Handelec shirts. He had a Dynamo Tbilisi shirt from 1979. And I was just like, oh, God, Dynamo Tbilisi behind the Iron Curtain. Actually, after we found the West Ham shirt, he just uh, took all the other shirts and shoved them back into the bin liners and carried them off upstairs. And I was, come back with those shirts, please. But so <laughs> I've actually had uh, Diego Maradona shirt on. I put on the Lothar Matthias German shirt and I also wore the Dutch Johnny Rep 1978 shirt. And I didn't have a camera. I didn't have a camera. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I had the story, you know, but I didn't. I had this, it was just like, as you say, in the chocolate factory, it was just unbelievable. And what an extremely nice guy. He was an unbelievable guy. Extremely humble. Is it incredible that this story, and again, it is this match-worn kind of community seems very different much of our collecting is around ebay or, or things like that you just maybe explain a little bit from what you said in the article it's very very different the way that you procure shirts the way you swap them how do you kind of build up your network how do you get into these things when i started to do this it was in the early 90s and it, there was no twitter instagram facebook so it was all um calling clubs trying to get 
old players, telephone numbers, information, trying to uh, contact the players, calling the players off. The, uh, I have a 1980 FA Cup shirt. I have the number nine, David Cross, and he swapped with the number six, the Arsenal number six, Willie Young. So I called Nottingham Forest and asked him if they knew anything about where he was after he stopped playing. They told me he owned a pub and a restaurant come hotel in the Nottingham area and he had the phone number. So you can't just call and say, hello, can I have your 1980 Cup final shirt? It was 1996, I believe. I flew over and I booked two nights in his hotel hoping he'd be there and he was and I uh, talked to him about his career shirts then I got onto the cup final shirt and I asked him if I could um, purchase it from him and uh, he sort of it took a couple of days to persuade him to sell it to me in the end he actually gave it to me for my assistance after I told him I'd flown over from uh, Sweden and I was only in the hotel to try and get the shirt. He thought I was crazy. So in the end, he just actually gave me the shirt. It's like a trial, isn't it? It's like they're, they're almost testing yeah. you to see how much you really love this kind of thing. And then they'll reward mm-hmm. you with the shirt. Yeah, but at the time, I'm going back, what, what's that, 26 years. They weren't really expensive mm. if they sold them auction. I doubt if he'd um, give it to me today because that, shirt would probably sell for somewhere an estimate guess uh, between 10 to fifteen thousand pounds today wow. wow so i don't actually think you'd say here you know <laughs> yeah. you seem a nice guy here here you go but it, it, it's all changed and the internet has uh, changed all that and uh, and uh, there's instagram there's uh, twitter uh, and the old players actually know what they have now mm. and so there are some people out there who pay lots and lots of money for stuff like that so trying to get modern shirts we know i know you've seen lots of things you've got over the last five or ten years or so how is that different now from from what you did what what's the kind of way to get around and, and get more modern shirts oh you sort of have to know someone preferably a player i do actually know an ex-player from the club and uh, he's still in the WhatsApp group of the players and he asks them for me, he gets the shirts and then he sends them on to me. If you don't have a contact at the club, it's extremely, extremely difficult. And the player is, I can actually uh, tell you the players, Saeed had Sabanovic. Ah, I remember, was he a wing-back? He was um, an attacking midfield player. But yeah. We signed him, we, sorry, West Ham signed him from the Swedish league and I knew him because he trained in the same team as my oldest son. My oldest son is uh, his age, 20s, and um, they had uh, played in the same team. I thought, brilliant, I know this guy and he's gone to West Ham. Unbelievable. What a piece of luck. (laughs) And he was there two seasons. He only played one premiership game and then they sold him back to a Swedish club and he's playing at the moment over in the Russian league but he's still actually he's in the ex-players WhatsApp group and he sources me all my shirts from today So do you have his shirt from that match that he did play? Yes I have his uh, debut shirt I have his I have his uh, Premier League debut shirt I have his actual debut shirt from the Caribou Cup against Bolton 
I had his poppy shirt. He wore on the bench at home to Liverpool. And I had the other two shirts he was actually on the bench for. Do you ever find it's hard to convince the players to, to kind of give, give them up oh, or yeah. hand them over? Do they have an attachment to them or is it a little bit less <clears throat> than it is a collector it's, like us? It's a few years back, it, it, it was easier, but it's like kids are holding the signs up today, aren't they? Yeah. Declan Rice, can I have your shirt? And it's like the players will give the shirts to kids it's a little bit more difficult when you're 55 years old and asking a 25 year old to play you don't have to have your shirt and they just have a look at you like no you can't and so I have to explain to them about my collection I have to show them uh, all the pictures on uh, Twitter and Instagram and in the end they do come round but it's it's like strange haven't you grown out of that yet <laughs> you're, you're the first person like, that's, that's convinced me that yeah maybe it is worth having kids I might tell my girlfriend about this conversation yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah because I mean a few times I took I cheated I actually took my son who, who asked for me I remember he asked Paolo Di Canio Paolo can I have one of your shirts and uh, he said yeah it's okay I'll give it to your dad because I know it's him who wants it <laughs> <laughs> you've had more amazing shirts than most people probably see in a, a lifetime I mean you've listed off a series of sort of absolute grail shirts there is there anything that still alludes you any shirts that you really want to, to add to the collection I don't have a 1975 FA Cup final shirt apart from that I think I've got them all all the, all the FA Cup finals all the charity shields uh, the two Cupman's Cups that we played in and the three playoff finals i have shirts from all of those games i also have um the fans a few years back were asked to vote for, for the west ham best 11 of all time and uh they chose 11 players and five subs of the 16 players i had 15 of the shirts so wow. I, I was only one shirt out which was martin peters and if that ever turned up I really don't think I'll be able to afford it apart from that though I had them all so I was actually quite proud of that actually it's like oh I've got that oh I've got that too oh I've got that too so obviously Mick a lot of these shirts have memories embedded with them but looking at the shirts themselves is there a particular West Ham shirt that you'd like the look of the most your your favorite from that side my favourite three shirts were the 91-92 home away and third shirt, actually, uh, produced by Boxer, just purely because of the design. It is only designed because um, on the pitch, we actually done a terrible and we went down the bottom of the league. So it, it is just the design. I remember we paraded the home shirt around on the final game of the 90-91 season. And I thought, that's just a terrible shirt. It's That's just so not West Ham. It, it was like claret and it had blue and white stripes here. And I thought, that's just a horrible shirt. And um, it grew on me and it is actually my favourite shirt. And the away shirt is what uh, the fans call the Argentina away shirt. It's uh, blue and white stripes. And the third shirt, it's the first time the club played in the third shirt, and we only wore it three times. 
And the third shirt is actually my favourite shirt, and it was so hard to source. It was so hard to get one of those. It was just, I don't know, Christ, how many I made. There was only a few. And it, it took me years and years and years to get the, uh, the shirts in player version, actually. Extremely, extremely hard shirt to source. And uh, just like the London bus, after I got the first one, I was offered a second and a third and a fourth. And I think I have three home now. I've got five away and I've got two of the third shirts. Wow. I actually didn't get my first player shirt from that season until 2015. So that took 23 years to get, actually. Extremely, extremely hard shirt to get. I think one of the things that's great is listening to you talk about your collection is, is just the importance of, of patience. Like you said, yeah, your collection yeah. is unbelievable, but it's taken a long time to get there. It's not a quick process. Oh, it? No, no. I think I had about 10 shirts in 1983. And in 1993, I only had 27. So to get to 600, and I counted them actually for you guys. I thought they're going to ask me. So I've got 603 that are 100% worn. And I think I have another 100 that... I can't prove a warning, but they're definitely issued. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, God, that sounds too much, doesn't it? <laughs> 703 issued, or it's a space as well. They take up a whole floor. And uh, I've always been interested in shirts, but all my sort of the other shirts I had, I've had to sell to pay for the West Ham shirts. I've sold, um, I had the Platini Juventus shirt. I had to sell that. Wow. A, a worn Platini shirt, is that? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, I had a worn Platini shirt. I had a worn Bonnec uh, Poland shirt. I had to sell that. But I had to sell it. It's like I didn't have to sell it, but I did have to sell it to some, to try to fund for West Ham shirts. I had a Kevin Keegan England shirt. I had um, a shirt I do regret that I sold was an Admiral Terry Yorath shirt. He wore that against England. And it was a red one and it had the famous um, green. And and it was was an unbelievable shirt. I really, really, really wanted to hold on to this shirt. And I was trying to sell everything else I had. I mean, I'm trying to sell my kids in front of the shirt. But in the end, I had to sell. No, it was, I really, really wanted that shirt. And the guy knew I had it and it was like, no, I'll, I'll, only take, I'll only take that. And it was an iconic shirt and it was just a fantastic shirt in the collection. But I had to get the 2006 FA Cup final shirt, so it had to go. And it had to go. You can't have everything. I still have some, I'd say I've got Rio Ferdinand Spare debut shirt. I have Paul Scholes England shirt from the Green Stain at Old Trafford. I've got three or four Zlatan Ibrahimovic shirts that are 100% worn. A few other uh, Swedish shirts as well. I do have some other shirts in the collection, but I've always said they're only here to sell to a few who are buying of the West Ham shirts. So if you know anyone who buys Zlatan Ibrahimovic, shirt I have for <laughs> I might get back to you. <laughs> yeah, just check out remortgage. Well, it's, it's been it's been absolutely incredible to talk to you, Mick. Fantastic collection, and not only have you got the shirts, but so many stories beside them as well. So, again, you can follow Mick on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for your time. It's been great to discuss your article, which is still available in the digital copies of issue one of Kit Mag, which are available online. 
Okay, and so on to the quiz now. And fresh from his victory against Rob last week, taking a lead in the series, we've got Adrian facing off against Tom. This week, with the Champions League about to resume in the next couple of weeks, 16 teams left in the Champions League. I want as many sponsors on the current shirt as you can name for this season. What are you bidding up first, Tom, as the challenger? Oh, so current t- teams are still left in the in the Champions League. Um, their their primary sponsor on the shirt. I will go five to start the bidding. Any advance, Adrian? I almost want you to do the five. Yeah, you did. Yeah, He's I'll be kicking myself. I want to hear Tom talking Europe's five. biggest clubs here. Let's... Ask him about the Europa Conference League sponsors, and he'd name them all. <laughs> <laughs> Right, what are we going for? Any advance then, Adrian? No, I want to hear Tom name five. Okay, floor's yours, Tom. So we will start with the the holders, the European champions, Chelsea, with three. Can cut that out, yep. <laughs> uh, then we will go with Real Madrid. And <laughs> what on earth is the Real Madrid sponsor? <laughs> it's been the same for about eight years, I think. Oh, yeah, no, so it covers about half the teams. <laughs> Is it? You get two wrong as usual. This is horrible. Is it? This is Fly Emirates. Excellent. Two down, three to go. Manchester United is who are uh, team viewer. Brilliant. Three, two to go. And Manchester City, who are Etihad. One left. And. We have, uh, I'm trying to think who's left in it. Um, Liverpool, who's, I really don't pay much attention to Liverpool in general. Um, Actually, I'm going to change that. I'm going to go into Milan and I'm going to go uh, Socios fan tokens. Well done, well done. Okay, sorry, so that, we that was, sorry, stop. That was literally the. I would not edit this bit out. That was the best, <laughs> most agonizing name of four Premier League teams who are on Sky Sports three times a week. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how, how we're that bad at it. So let's go, let's go through the rest of the answers. I genuinely you don't know what Liverpool's sponsor is. What's the chart? Well, 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 yeah. well done, Rob. Well done. Okay, so the, the rest of them. So PSG, who sponsor them? Limerick's again. Limerick's. Uh, Accor Live Limitless. Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's really easy, that, isn't it, fellas? <laughs> Lisbon, Sporting Lisbon sponsor is also the league sponsor. NOS. Excellent. Should have got you on this one, Rob. Uh, Salzburg's goes without saying, Red Bull. You missed a giant Bayern, same sponsor for 15 years or so. T-Mobile. Opel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Leo, I'll forgive you for not getting Boulanger. You might remember there was some fuss about Villarreal when they played against United and they've got Pameza, which is a ceramics company. Juventus, you must remember that. What's been plastered? Oh, gee, gee. Yeah, I should have that one. Yeah. Atletico's is a little niche. Anybody remember that? Oh, isn't that? Azerbaijan still. Azerbaijan one still. No, so it's a trading platform, plus 500. Oh, yeah. Benfica and Emirates team. And then... You must be able to get surely Ajaxes. There's been a few classic shirts with that. Ah, uh, the good old Ziggo. Yep. So that's a 16. So um, Tom joins uh, joins Adrian at the top of the leaderboard. Then, and on we go now to Kit Room 101. 
Okay, so we've not already had enough controversial debate in this episode already. Adrian, you've got a topic you want to put forward for Kit Room 101. I do. It's probably the least controversial thing we've covered today, in my opinion. I want to put into Room 101 teams wearing change kits for absolutely no reason, particularly home teams switching to their change kit for a home game when there's no colour clash. Hate it. It's really annoying. I, I think it should be the traditional. If you're at home, you wear your home colours. If there's away teams wearing... They've got a kit clash, they wear their away shirt, crack on. There's no need for this. It's all because everybody's got four, five, six, seven shirts. Um, sorry, eight, nine, ten, eleven, if you're Napoli, that they feel there's an excuse to wear all these different shirts. I hate it. Like you say, they've backed themselves into a corner, really, haven't they, by releasing these shirts annually. So they feel like they've got to give people who bought them the opportunity to, to, to wear And as kit collectors, actually, that wasn't the case in the 90s. And a lot of cases of shirts that were never worn because people just wore their home shirt. I think, for example, the, the Dortmund 96-97 away cup shirt, one of our favourite shirts of all time, never worn. Uh, there's a couple of others. So it would only be when Dortmund played against Dynamo Dresden that they would change. So... Again, 93, 94, 95, they would only wear the away shirt once in a in a match. So it, it really, I understand the motivation financially, but it is irritating seeing teams so often play in their away strips at home. Yeah, I think now, if you, for me, if you're at home, you wear your home shirt. And if you're away, you wear your away shirt. Hence the name, away shirt. Not They don't call them chain shirts anymore. We're not in the 1970s. They're called away shirts. If you're away from home and it doesn't clash, you wear your away shirt. If it does clash... You wear your third shirt, which is your alternative away shirt. The problem that we've got is too many teams' alternative third shirts, hello Arsenal, is better than the away shirt. So that Arsenal one, the new Lightning one, is three times, I think I've seen it's been worn this season, or four times. Someone who does those great graphics, you know where they show um, what shirts everybody's worn. I think they've only worn it three times. Get the keeper in it. The keeper's always wearing that yellow away shirt. Get them in that Lightning Bolt shirt. We want to see those shirts more often. So for me, I'm definitely on the train of if you're away from home, you have to wear your away shirt. If it doesn't fit, you wear your third shirt. One thing I would say, though, if you're a more casual matchgoer and you go to, say, San Siro and Juventus are visiting, would you not want to see them in their black and white stripes rather than that horrific yellow and blue shirt that they've got this year? It depends if black and does black and do black and white stripes clash with red and black stripes? I don't know. I reckon I'd be able to see a lot of white on one of my teammates' shirts compared to a lot of red on the other teammates' shirts. But you know, maybe that's me. If you're going to watch the eBay game, all eyes on the referee anyway. You don't need to watch the teams. That's why they wear black and white stripes, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, so it didn't always used to be this way. So go, going back into kind of ancient history of, of football, it used to be that teams didn't have a change strip and you had these situations where teams would travel like 200 miles and then end up wearing the same strip. So famously, Sunderland and Wolves t- turned up in the same red and white stripes. And after that, they realised that, that, you know, they're going to have to designate particular colours. And so actually teams would have a certain strip and only that team would be allowed to, to wear that and they kind of designate it. And Wolves actually changed the kind of old gold that we think of as being synonymous with them today. And even when they changed the rules and they ran out of colours, it used to be in the style that the FA was with sort of being an old boys kind of network, that actually the team that had been in the league longest would keep their kit in the event of a clash and the, the newbie team would have to change. The 90s are hilarious for stuff like this because I think, Tom, you can correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Chelsea wear a Coventry shirt or something at some point? I think we had like teams swapping shorts and swapping socks. And no one you think, you not ask the team before you go what kit they're going to wear. And then when you're packing the kit bag up, you put in your kit that doesn't clash. It seems a little bit ridiculous, really, that at that time, 
You couldn't just ring them up and say, look, are you wearing all red today? Or we will make sure we don't have any red on our kits. It just seems a little bit um, a little bit crazy. But then if anyone has ever bought any 90s shirts that are like match-worn and stuff, the kit men, oh, they were terrible. There were names everywhere, badges everywhere. So I'm not quite surprised that they couldn't even work out what colour the team was wearing. Yeah, you're, you're dead right about that, Rob, with the Chelsea shirt, having to wear the Coventry. It was the black and red kind of checkered Coventry away shirt that Chelsea had to wear. I can't remember exactly what the story was, but I mean, obviously... I think that was when we were in a lighter shade of blue in around 97. So it would have clashed a little bit more with Coventry. Um, I always wonder with that one, though, for Chelsea collectors, do you try and get that shirt too? Because, you know, (laughs) they have worn it in a Prem game. You've got all the pictures of Zola in that shirt. So, yeah, I always wonder about that one. But going back to what you were saying, like, I think we mentioned it last week, maybe, in Argentina, I think you have, uh, or it used to be, the, the, the home team, if they had a kit clash with the visiting side, the home team would actually wear their change strip, which is why I think in Argentina they're called change strips, not away shirts. Mm. I suppose that makes sense rather than looking two sets of kits all the way over uh, Argentina. But they're still wearing a kit because of a clash. It's not changing shirts just for the sake of changing shirts. Yeah, I agree. Going back, going back to you, they, they, uh, they initially wore pink and they came on a tour of the UK this must be obviously well over 100 years ago, and their pink kit didn't arrive. So they borrowed Notts County's black and white stripes. And that's where their black and white home shirt has come from. They adopted the uh, uniform from there on. Completely irrelevant, just wanted to make myself sound kind of... <laughs> Go back to the, the, the Coventry one. So I, I, I know the story roughly, but then they the Coventry shirts get printed with like Zola and, and everybody, or was that before names and numbers it, it wasn't before the names and numbers but off the top of my head I, I don't remember if, I guess they must have been printed at least with numbers just for the referee's sake but yeah I don't I couldn't say with certainty that with names too before I, I get come down on and forced to quit Twitter and the pod so yeah I'm looking at the photographs of it and I can't actually see any pictures that showed the rear of the shirts so I'll have a look at the uh, video footage but um we'll get the tweet out of the of the actual kit for people's reference so they can they can see it and what's quite funny is looking at pictures of it some of the players have got a big white sticky plaster over the badge and then others have just got the regular Coventry badge which is uh pretty funny can you think of any other times where we've had a situation like that where a, a team has had to borrow another kit from from who they're visiting or uh, Borough did one in the early 80s. I think there's a famous one when we played away at QPR. I think we had to wear like an orange Adidas template shirt or something like that. So obviously that's like unbelievably rare. But um, I don't know about that in the Prem. Oh, well, was. obviously um, United famously had to do a kit change at half time because of a kit clash with the crowd. Couldn't see each other, could they? Yeah. That was that grey shirt, wasn't it? The, the static yeah. shirt. Yeah. I think we're, it's pretty clear, but let's do a vote. Are you for or, or against this? I'm, I'm definitely against this changing of, of away shirts. About you, Rob? Yeah, I think you wear your home shirt at home, away shirt at home. Don't just change it for no reason. Adrian? Oh, yeah, I suggested it. 100% goes in the bin. And Tom, finally, to complete the set? Yeah, I can't argue. can't argue. Great. Another controversial issue wrapped up. So another episode of the Kit Pod comes to a close. I'd like to thank Rob, thank Adrian, Tom, and also our guest Mick. Again, just a reminder that you can reach out to us on Instagram at kitmag underscore, on Twitter at kitmagazine underscore, or contact us using the hashtag Kit Pod.